The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hello. Who's at home? Raise your hand. Raise your hand if you're at home. Sing. Hand raise. Hand raise. Carlos, raise your hand. Guys, I've taken to talking to my dog like he's a human, kissing him on the mouth like he's a human. Things have taken a turn for the bestiality over here. I said bestiality and I'm going to stick with that. <laughs> if you are, are just tuning into that so retrograde, I would like to introduce myself. My name is Stephanie Sambari. And I'm Elizabeth Cott, and you are joining us on a very, very special occasion. This is a special episode we are dropping in honor of one of our favorite holidays. You know what? I have two favorite holidays, and that's 420 and Pride. So everything else takes a backseat to the, those two party holidays. Because, <laughs> you know, my love language isn't really gifts, so I don't really care. It's more about like quality time and celebrating. So I feel like those two holidays really cover that. They do. Yeah. What are your favorite holidays? Oh, wow. Thanksgiving. May birthday. No. <laughs> well, it's tomorrow. So I've always had an affinity to 420 because it's like uh-huh. a precursor to the birthday. Totally. Um, Thanksgiving, Pride, and 420. Okay. Thanksgiving. I'll throw that and one in Shabbat. too. Can I? But that's not really like a holiday. That's like a weekly thing. Whoa. Hold on. Taylor Swift is weirdly just started playing in the background. Oh, what, what is that coming out of? My phone. How strange. The pop gods have... I don't, I don't know what that was, but I'm not mad at it. <laughs> what song was it? It was the first song off the Reputation era. <laughs> Perfect. What or why, but... Taylor's with us today. I appreciate that. Supporting this episode... So you guys, we wanted to drop this fun little episode. We know there's a lot of stuff going on in the world right now, but we wanted to bring you this fun, lighthearted lens into our experience with cannabis, which we will get into some product recommendations because we get a lot of questions. Um, So we hope to guide you in that and also sit down with one of our favorite people, Nitty, who is the founder of Loon. Which every time I see Loon in public, I feel like it's weirdly one of also my children. Totally. Even though I had nothing to do with it and we didn't except for that. We just are love Nitty so much. Totally. And yeah. she, uh, we had this conversation with her pre-global pandemic. Mm-hmm. And- I don't think we need to say global pandemic. I think it's just pandemic because I feel like that's a... Pandemic is global? Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. No, good. No, I'll take yeah, that. Yeah, yeah forward. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But first step, I want to know. Yes. For you, because I know for me, self-care and cannabis go hand in hand. I mean, I am nothing if not a person who celebrates cannabis as a major facet of self-care. Totally. So talk like, to me Would about- we be surviving this time without cannabis? The answer is no. For me, it's no. It's a heart no. <laughs> I've thought about what that would look like and I don't want to know. No. Really? Yeah, I don't want to know. I don't want to see that. I don't want to see that. <laughs> um, so I'm curious, Steph, like what for you while we're 
at home and, Mm -hmm. you know, hanging out with self. Mm -hmm. What is your cannabis experience looking like? What is your, how does that wrap into self-care for you? Like break it down for me. Well, um, as our friends, have I talked about this on the show, how I was moving? (laughs) Yes, you've mentioned it. I mentioned it. Okay. I'm sorry. I have amnesia. Um, when you're alone a lot, you forget what you've said out loud and what you've said in your own brain. <laughs> it's a little confusing. <laughs> but I successfully moved. And that was very, very fucking interesting during this time. But I will say, before I say the cannabis thing, I want to shout out uh, Clutter, the moving service, uh, and Furnish because I put a bunch of my stuff in storage before I moved and Clutter came. They handled everything. It was no contact, but they did come and help me move some of my stuff. There was obviously masks involved, and but it's a really cool service. You go, they come, they take everything, they put it, they take photos of everything, and then they put it in storage. And then you never have to go to the storage unit. They deliver everything to you either in piecemeal yeah. or all as one. It my whole thing is one hundred thirty six dollars a month. It's super cheap. It's super convenient. I'm just like, what a fucking what stoner invented this <laughs> convenience service. similar service when I was forced out of my house and put everything in storage and it was a dream. Yeah. So that was really cool. So anyways, I've landed in my new spot and um, cannabis has, even before this, I feel like I was using it. I am using it for kind of, for a few different elements. I use it to really get into my like yoga practice. I love to uh, engage with the cannabis I love to engage with it when thinking about new cooking things that I'm going to play around with, get into my creativity that way. I love to smoke weed and take baths. Although now I've moved and so I don't have a tub. I have a nice shower and I've been taking sit-down showers, which were traditionally reserved for sad lifetime movies. (laughs) But I cannot recommend enough smoking or tincturing or edibling or whatever. I, I've been edibling, tincturing, and smoking. Those are my... Are there, are there any other modes the of... Trifecta. There, are there any other modes of ingesting? I don't think so. I think that's it. Uh, vaping? Va- I'm not a vapor. Are you a vapor? I'm not. I used to be, but I just kind of stopped because it just... Like I'll find a vape every now and again and I'll just like hit it because it's there, but it's not like my preferred way of, of experiencing the yeah. plant. Um, but okay, a sit down shower in a dark room with lit candles and a record playing and uh, a body scrub is a really enjoyable ritual, I have to say. Almost better than a tub because you can really spread out. I yeah. was like stretching and it was like, it was a whole different type of thing. I, I There's don't know. an overhead water feature. I yeah. mean, I was like, I was living, I was like naked living in like the outside waterfall jungle on my body. It was really, so I think that's my new way to soak. I love it. Of a tub. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I just feel like weed at this time is such a good way to unwind and separate and really get yourself into your zone and away from uh, anything that connects you to getting afraid or feeling too overwhelmed. Yeah. I think similarly, it's... um. It's a really nice way to, to like, in a helpful way, cocoon. Yeah. And, for, you know, I know that if people are just starting out, they're concerned about paranoia and dosage and all of that stuff and all of that, you know, it's a little bit of trial and error. 
But once you figure out your dosage, it's a great tool, as you said, for creativity, for just checking in with self and staying present. Well, like anything, less is more. And I was saying this earlier with all consumption of uh, any sort of substance that changes your mental state, you could always take more, you could never take less. So if you're curious about an edible, take a 2.5. If that's not enough, take 2.5 more. If you want to smoke a bowl, hit the bowl once, don't hit it 10 times. If you want to smoke a joint, puff it once. You know, like go fucking slow. I think that to demonize it entirely is taking away potentially you having a really cool creative experience. It makes you get out of any stagnation. It, it to me shows me where there's energy blocks around me or where I'm not moving or where I'm not being creative and I can just like move into a new space. I'm just so fucking grateful for it across the board. I like a tincture in the morning sometimes. Okay. I'm like a tinctured day an, or an, and then an edible and a smoking in the later hours. That's Got kind it. of my uh, routine. But I'll smoke anytime nowadays. Who fucking cares? <laughs> No rules. No anymore. rules at all. Okay, so I'm really excited to get to this combo with Nitty and um, stick with us after because we're going to do a special quick fire cannabis recommendations for you. All right, quick break. I know that the rest of the audience can't see me, but Steph, you can see me. I can and see I you. washed and conditioned my hair right before we hopped on this Zoom. Uh huh. And not gonna lie, I'm like feeling the dried natural. It looks good. Yeah, I'm pleased. So it doesn't always land in the way I want it to, but it lately it's been landing perfectly. And why is that? I attribute it to the new conditioner and shampoo that I've been using from Way. You know, I love it too. And I have to say, since I've been home for over a month, and I was supposed to get a haircut right before this, are are you seeing? This. Yeah, you look like a, a My Little Pony in the best way. <laughs> like, this is not normal, the amount of hair that I have. And I'm loving the way that I can massage the fully formulated whey treatments into my hair and give myself just like an insane hair washing experience. That's what's cool about not cutting your hair and not dyeing your hair. You don't care how many times you wash your hair because you're just like, it's an enjoyable experience. So Way has a lot of amazing products, but we want to highlight their shampoos and conditioners, which are, have they have three different offerings based on the type of hair you have, which I've never seen before until they've done this. So they have a fine option, a medium option, and a thick hair option formulated to be an all-in-one solution for your most pressing hair concerns. Mine, for instance, was like, I want it to dry naturally and look cute. It looks really good. That's much to ask. I love washing my hair so much. Like I love scrubbing my scalp and I feel like it's such a cleansing ritual, but I hate how dry it makes my hair because I have a dry scalp and dry hair. So the more I wash, like the shittier it gets. Yeah. And it's important to note one of my favorite things about Way is it was created by hairstylist Jen Atkin, who is one of my favorite hairdressers out there in the world. She does amazing work and has a really cool platform called Main Addicts. I love following them on Instagram. And very Um, entrepreneurial spirit. Yeah. And she's been in my LEK Fit classes back when that was a thing. And I was always like quietly fanning out. 
I love that. <laughs> you can shop their new shampoos and conditioners for fine, medium, thick hair over at theway.com. And that's spelled O-U-A-I. Mm-hmm. And don't forget to use the code retrograde and receive three free samples with your order. Uh, I just wanted to shout out the ingredients of the thick shampoo that I've been using because I feel like that's important. Each one is formulated with different things to to target your texture. And with the thick, you can really tell it has shea butter in it, avocado oil, which is like hydrating and smoothing. And then um, marshmallow root, which detangles. I have to say, so real. I never get out of the shower and I'm like, uh, trying to, you know, pulling a handful of hair out, trying to finger my way through it. And then it's also color-safe, sulfite-free, cruelty-free, sustainable packaging. So just worth mentioning because um, it's really just so thoughtfully created. So yeah, way.com, code retrograde. O-U-A-I. Now back to the show. So we have Nidhi Honda joining us today. And before we get into Loon and cannabis and all of that. I think we it's important to start at the beginning of our relationship. Take it back. With you. Way back. Um, the first year we were doing the show, you used to be a talent manager and we had one of your clients on, which was one of our most fun episodes. We loved it. So we had Glozell on the show and we fell in love with her. We adored the conversation. It was so layered and fun and cool and so energized. Yeah. And then <laughs> she's a lot. Yeah. yeah it was awesome. <laughs> but like so connected. Like she She was, definitely pulled some crystals out of her yeah, bra. For no, sure. She's she's an amazing human. Like yeah. yeah. It was just such a wonderful combo. And we got the loveliest note from you afterwards. We're like, who is this lady? And <laughs> the note really just said, I love what you guys are doing. I hope you keep doing it. If you ever need any support, I'm here for you. And I'm literally going to choke up. <laughs> oh my God. Crying right now. <laughs> That's so sweet. Because that was five years ago. And since then, you've become such a pillar of support for both Stephanie and I, for the show, for everything behind the it's scenes. True. And we love you so much. So thank you. That was one of those days that when we received that letter, like it was exactly what we needed to keep just doing what we were doing. Cause <laughs> it was, we, the struggle was real. Because we didn't have, we didn't know. We, we just liked doing it. And we were like, we're supposed to be doing this, but we didn't really have a clear picture of what we were doing and You're why. getting the waterworks right up front. I like that. <laughs> yeah. Start, start with the, the emotional stuff. No, I... As you both know me now, five years later, like I am a deeply like energy person. And when I heard you both on the podcast, that was the first time I'd heard the podcast. And then I binged it like every episode that you guys had made to that point. And like I 10 loved of them. It. And it was more, I feel. Yeah, it, it was. was more. Yeah, it yeah. Was. And it just deeply resonated with me. And I know that this is like such a over said thing, but you had this and you still have this authentic voice that was real and relevant and interesting and it was not pretentious. And that's the thing that I'm so tired of in LA and just in general in the world. And yeah, and I feel like we don't say nice things to each other enough in life, you know? And sometimes you send a message and it's just that. It's just the act of like putting something nice out there without the expectation of anything in return 
And this is kind of the best case scenario where we know each other. And I think of you like my sister is now five years later. Speaking of things we love, we love cannabis and we love you. And so those are two things that have come together. So you transitioned out of your life as a entertainment manager, entertainment manager and part-time numerologist Mm -hmm. to entertainment professionals. And now you have created and are spearheading Loon, which we are obsessed with. And it's so amazing. It's been so astounding to watch this grow from a conversation to this full-fledged brand that we see everywhere. And there's billboards around LA and we go and it's so prominently featured in dispensaries. Don't you feel like when you see it in dispensaries, you're just like, that's a piece of me. Yeah, I really do feel that. <laughs> you should feel that yeah. way because, you know, I was thinking about this when I was coming over here from across the tower <laughs> where I work on the other side. Do you remember that we went to lunch at that place in Larchmont? Yes. Uh, what is that Collie? place called? Collie. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And um, and I was talking about cannabis. Yeah. And I was, you know, at that time, so I had started watching the industry a couple of years prior to launching Loon, and I was really interested in content. I was really interested in just the way that the industry was emerging. And as a consumer, I was like, what is this? Mm -hmm. Like, how is this thing going to unfold? What is it going to look like? You know, what an interesting problem that like we have this thing that people already use, right? Like there's no problem of like, will people like it? <laughs> yeah, no shortage people of like demand. It. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, people yeah. are into it. <laughs> like cannabis. Yeah. But how do we remove the stigma? How do we bring it into the mainstream in a responsible way? How mm-hmm. do we change the narrative? You know, there, it's, it's a heavily politicized plant, you know, and our country has a very layered history with it. So I was really interested in like, what is it going to look like post-legal, rec legalization? And I was just eager to find a way, some kind of foothold in. And Loon was born really from this place. And you both are very much part of it because there are a few people that I can think of who were really like, you know, it's interesting in cannabis, you you see a, a very distinct common thread in people who end up in cannabis where you have to have equal parts of like, forward thinking and entrepreneurial kind of spirit, but also you have to be a little bit crazy. Like you have to be willing to like, you know, I always think of that Marianne Williamson thing of like positive denial. Like you see the thing for what it is, but you can also like see beyond it to the other side. Mm. And that's what you need to have because in its current form, which even though it's evolving quickly, it's layered with so many issues. I'm really curious to talk about lean in a little bit to Loon and your experience in creating and growing it. What's the ethos around the brand? Because obviously we're seeing in LA and we're reporting from the ground floor, guys. There's so many. Live from LA, this is weed. (laughs) There's so many options on the market. And as, as you touched on, as soon as like outside money started coming in, I mean, there it's big, big, big business. Yeah. And you're a woman of color who started this brand with very firm intentions around it. Yeah. I mean, by the way, when I started the brand, which was November of 18, I had no money. I started this brand on like scrappiness and terms. Like I I was, I had a very clear picture of the type of brand I wanted to build, meaning I was looking at the space and I was really intrigued at what was happening. Like I saw this really like clear bifurcation. There were all these brands in the dispensaries that were either catering to these very typical like sort of male- Rasta. Like, 
Rasta or like the sort of booty shorts bikini culture, right? And like obviously that wasn't particularly appealing to me. And then on the other end of the spectrum, there were all these wellness brands, Mm -hmm. you know, like let me help you with your sleep. Let me help you with your anxiety. Let me help you pretend you don't want to get high. Like that was like, (laughs) that's what I heard, right? Like as a direct consumer, like that's what I heard. And my view was like, well, what is legal consumption look like in the middle? Right. What about like, it's legal now and I don't want to pretend that I don't want to get high. You know, like I hold like this, you know, Marianne Williamson. I, I think that Marianne Williamson plus weed is like a very bizarre thing that I'm doing. No, we, here, no I love that's, it. That's our brand. Yeah, that's literally. Fairy in line. <laughs> you know, I always think of like the vodka soda analogy, right? Like after work, you think of like this very like basic activity of like going to a bar and asking for a vodka soda. You rarely say, oh, because I had a hard time sleeping last night. You know, like you just, you, you know, <laughs> right. or on the flip That's side, so you're funny. not like, I'll have a vodka soda with a side of a lap dance. Like it's just what it is. It's right. it's a grown up activity and it's fine. There's no, it's not, know, no need it's to not, justify. No need to justify. The stigma has been lifted. Yeah. So for me, Loon was born out of this place of what does that look like? Like, and by the way, what are the tenets of a real brand that, you know, to me as somebody who really like I'm I am such a brand junkie. Like I, I grew up in a family business that was centered around luxury jewelry and fine watches and brand segmentation is real in that space. I mm-hmm. mean, there's so many different brands and there's so little differentiation other than name. And and you really learn a lot about heritage branding, you know, or, or think about our lives as women in beauty. Mm-hmm. You know, like I talked to somebody last night who has really been part of the beauty industry forever. And we were talking about how he's like, I know as an educated consumer, when I walk into Sephora, I know that the majority of the products are exactly the same. Yeah. But I'm the made first at the person same place. made at the same place. But I am the first to admit that like the packaging will get me and oh, that, yeah. I'm you know, the right? Like the branding. slut for fun I like mean, on the planet. Come on. Like, it's like, it's, it's real. It's just for real. Yeah. And here, yeah, we'll like see like a great product. We'll be like, the packaging mask, we don't like it. Like <laughs> it could be the greatest yeah. powder in the world or juice in the world. And we're like, why do they choose black brick font? It right. makes it seem gross. Exactly. And like, <laughs> I think that like, so we get that, right? Yeah. Like as consumers, we get the brand is important. And I think what's really exciting about the last few years in American brand building is that we see like the advent of conscious branding, right? Like, like folks who care and who start communicating that so that there's value inside, not just what the brand is, right? Like, like if you go to CVS and you see any less than 10 options of toothpaste, you feel unsatisfied, you know, like, even though likely, you know what you're going to buy, you want the choice. You mm-hmm. want to know as a consumer that you are choosing something that fits your lifestyle. Yeah. And the layer above that is value system, which is a new thing, right? That's like, that's a relatively new concept of like, well, what does this brand stand for? Conscious, positive ethos. About? Right. And like, how are they doing business and what kind of choices are they making? And those are things that we didn't used to talk about. Yeah. And we do now. So for me, Loon was born of this place of like, okay, me as a consumer, my friends as consumers care deeply about aesthetic. Like we've established that. We like nice looking stuff. We care about, you know, low footprint packaging. This mm-hmm. was a thing that was really important to me because in cannabis, we are beholden to really strict 
regulatory compliance around packaging. It has to be childproof, like, the, you know, to open the package. A lot of layers, basically. A lot of layers, which is why you get a lot of this, like, box and box and box and uh-huh. box kind of vibe. Yeah. And then quality and consistency, right? Like, the actual product. Like, you want to know that you're going to get it once, twice, three times, and it'll be the same experience. Mm-hmm. And those are the basics. Like, from my perspective, those were the basic things. On top of that, the value system, meaning I really believe that building the brand gendered, for example, was very anti-gendering my brand because I believe that while as a woman, we make 80% of the spending decisions for the household, we're buying your beer, your clothes, your food, we're probably going to buy your weed too. Um, I don't (laughs) actually see value, right? I don't see value in gendering a product because I think that's why we pay the pink tax at the drugstore, right? Mm -hmm. Like this is why we, you know, suddenly there's like, not suddenly, we've, we've all grown up with, there's a different deodorant and there's a different body wash and there's a different everything for women and we pay a tax for it. That's insane. So, (laughs) So, you know, these were the things that I was deeply thinking about inside a moment where, first of all, it's an industry that is largely dominated by men, contrary to popular belief. And the narrative in the voice was very sort of male-centric, mm-hmm. you know, and that's why you did see all of these, particularly then in, you know, 2018, a lot of these super male masculine kind of aesthetic and the booty short bikini thing, which, by the way, doesn't even exist in in spirits. Like, you don't see it anymore. Like, you know, when maybe when we yeah. were growing up, commercials might have right. been like that. Not anymore, you know? So yeah. it's, it was very interesting for me as like a marketer and thoughtful, you know, trying to be thoughtful business person to see that. So Loon is really like this, you know, I like to think of it as something that's reverse engineered in the best interest of the end consumer, Mm. understanding that the end consumer doesn't yet know what and how they want to consume weed because legal weed is very different from what we all grew up with. So that was kind of the genesis and the jumping off point. And from there, it became an exercise of really being authentic and thoughtful about what me and my friends would want to consume, what what you both want to consume, like how we consume and and knowing that we're not going to be stuck in any one category mm-hmm. because we're still figuring it out as an industry. I mean, I think what most consumers don't know about weed is how regulated it really is, meaning the lab testing requirements to get on a shelf are insane. I mean, we probably never think about this, but like the testing requisites to get the organic designation on to say a piece of fruit. Yeah. They test within millions of a percent, which is pretty rigorous, like right. to be clear. In cannabis, they're testing within billions of a percent. So like this is a very highly, highly regulated, high standard industry that's shrouded in a ton of confusion and a lack of education, Mm -hmm. right? So consumers are like all over the place. There's like the social equity conversation. There's the not understanding what's in their product. What's the difference between legal versus illicit? Like these are all things that I think muddy the water and Mm -hmm. make it complicated. So as, you know, someone who is running a cannabis brand, as far as like the social equity component and just like the historical element of like, I just, I find that personally, like, endlessly interesting and also fucked up yeah. is that we have to like retroactively decriminalize humans for their use of marijuana. 100%. And it's something that I not only spend time thinking about, we actively look for ways to engage our company, whether quietly or publicly in endeavors that support 
exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. I am the first person to recognize this, yeah. right? Like there's there's nothing better than legal weed, but there's a need for us to be real about the past. Yeah, I mean, exactly. You know, our country is, you know, riddled with this same repeated lesson. We cannot move forward without accepting and making right the ills of the past. Yeah. So I'm really proud of uh, Loon's partnership with Ease. You know, we're a big brand on Ease. Ease being this, you know, delivery delivery system system that's all over California. And they equally feel very passionately about social equity. I sit on the board of an accelerator that's basically just completely built and funded by Ease for people who, you know, fall under the social equity category. So like encouraging folks who have directly been victimized by sort of old legislation that would have punished them in the past. Yeah. These are things that are really important, actually putting money into their businesses and helping them prosper in this space is exactly what we should be doing. Yeah. You know, mentorship, like anything, you know, I mean, truly there's no end to what we can do. We just have to do something. Right. So talking about the legalization, this is something that I'm pretty confused about. As far as like, is it a good thing or is it a bad thing? Obviously, I love that it's legal in California because I live here. But in hearing kind of about what could potentially be a pitfall, for example, like a tobacco company coming in and growing weed and and churning out like shitty low level. Like the Miller Lite of it all. Of yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And so, you know, the way that the potential for we've had this conversation. The commercialization, what, I guess. Yeah, what will, yeah. It, what will happen to the people like yourself and people who have been passionate and connected to cannabis for so long in an illegal sense, who are not yeah. coming to light. What happens when the industry splits? Yeah. Well, first of all, that will not happen until federal legalization right. happens. Right, right. How of all, close are we I on think- that? This is a really good question. And I think something, again, that's super layered and confusing. And I I am not the authority on it, but I can give you my perspective. Yeah, I think that when we think about why commercialization, like you said, is problematic, it's because of this, right? That So like, if you look at California and understand the basics of what happened when recreational legal, legalization happened, what happened is-, is My that cannabis dealer got way more lax and really- Nice. And he was like, whenever you're available, come by. Whereas before he was like, I'm going to be here. Wait, the guy the guy by your old apartment? Yeah. <laughs> well, that was a fucking whole journey. Sorry to interrupt, but it was Stoner so Army. Funny. He became so focused on customer service. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, dude. That's well, that's amazing. a side effect I wasn't yeah, yeah. anticipating. That's yeah, that's really um, funny. But if you think about in California for every one quote unquote legal, and let's call them licensed dispensaries, there are three illicit, or let's call them legacy dispensaries. Okay. Why and how? And how come all of those, like three-fourths of the retail ecosystem in California is unlicensed? And you would think that that would be, like, that's crazy, right? Yeah, like, that this sounds is like insane. 2020. It's because the government is doing their very best to figure out how to make this fair, to think about things like social equity, but also how do we control it, right? Like if you put yourself in the shoes, which I don't think many of us like to do, myself included, right? It's an easy target to be like, they're screwing everything up. But then as a business person thinking about, well, what what actually, like what, what's the logic here? The logic is this, 
from the time, it, particularly in the last six months since something like metric, do you, have you heard of this word metric? Metric is no. this is this new federally, the federal government is very interested in monitoring cannabis because they need to, they need to understand. And this is fair play, meaning they need to understand what is happening to all this legal weed and how do we know the difference between the legal weed and the stuff that's not, meaning the stuff that's been lab tested, the stuff that's been, the stuff that we're saying, not the federal government, but at the state level is safe to sell. So to that end, there is something called metric, which is like compliance basically around weed that fully kicked in in the last six months in California and on throughout the country, by the way. What this has done is created from the time a plant is six inches tall, it gets a tag and it, that tag monitors the activity of the weed every single day. So it's growth where it goes, if it becomes distillate, if it becomes terpenes, if it becomes, it goes into a vape, if it goes into a pre-roll, if it goes into a jar, wherever it goes. And then who does it get sold to? Who distributes it? Which store does it go to? All of this is tracked for the safety of the consumer. Okay. So in order for that to happen, there needs to be like a finite amount of licenses, you know, and this is what's up for debate. Like in my view, I think everybody should have been given, given a license. I think that the, the clearly the demand is there and why not just turn every dispensary in California into a licensed dispensary right. and then make all of these dispensary be beholden to selling quote unquote legal weed. What's happened is because that didn't happen, because there was a reticence of, and I don't know the exact logic here, but the thought process of, okay, well, we're going to give a finite amount of licenses and perhaps release more and more in doses. Mm -hmm. What it forced is a situation where there's all of these folks who've been running dispensaries, some of them for many, many years, who can't get legal weed. What's the problem? How, why is it, how do they choose who gets the dispensary license? It's just a very good question. Right. And that's where you think about corporatization, right? Because everything, we do live in a capitalist economy and, you know, there's, it's not really about what's quote unquote fair. It's about who has the best application. Well, what's a best application, you know, and money and resources going into those things are pretty fantastically crazy. So it's like, you know, I mean, I've heard of applications costing $200,000 to get a license, right? Excuse me? Correct. So this is why it's, it's very layered. It's complicated. It's also why, you know, and to be fair, I think that the local government is really trying to be thoughtful and fair. And that's why you're not seeing raids every day. Um, I remember when that was happening for a minute. That was happening for a minute. You'd like go to your dispensary and it'd be gone and you'd be like, what the fuck happened here? It was so spooky. And it has to, you know, so there has to be a middle ground. And, you know, and I'm giving you kind of like the layer underneath, which is not particularly fun to look at or think about, but, but it is a real problem, right? Right. The second that we legalize it, somebody has to be responsible for it. Right. Right. Yeah. It's like if you go into a grocery store and you buy something you expect that it's safe to consume, right? Right. You go into a dispensary and you buy something as a consumer, you expect that it's safe to consume. Implicit in that there is that there has to be a governing body that's saying that it's safe to consume. Mm-hmm. So these are the problems. These are, yeah. you know, and, and I think that the fact that we're even talking about it is really great because yeah. I think that for consumers to understand that this is not a black and white issue, but be like 
just getting involved in doing something, meaning being like being thoughtful about social equity and what it what does social equity mean, even at its core, is trying to make something right, right? Like equity. This is a thing like that we all should think about all the time. And part of that is looking back and recognizing that we have to make the ills of the past right in order to move forward. So it's an interesting moment, like running a business in this space and thinking about it daily. I'm really impressed by the industry and how much conversation there is around it, how Mm. many organizations there are that literally do nothing but like educate and talk about it. It's still in infancy. So it's like there's a lot of room for growth. But I have to say that like I've never worked in a space where there was more passion. That's awesome. Anybody who's like getting themselves into cannabis is incredibly passionate about what they're doing. Right. That's cool. That's not the power of the plant. <laughs> so obviously we do roses and thorns on the show. I'm curious for you as an entrepreneur in the cannabis, cannabis space, what has been a thorn? As I'm sure there are many, so a thorn. <laughs> and what with any entrepreneur endeavor, obviously. And then what's the rosiest? I will say from a thorn perspective, it's been a little bit jarring to me what the misogyny looks like in this space. Mm. You know, I didn't wake up and become a woman when I started my business. Like I've lived as a person in business and in life in this gender my entire life. So it's not new, but it's pretty remarkable how I think there are certain, you know, social constructs and toxic kind of environments that have fostered a very bizarre acceptable level for misogyny. Mm. Um, I employ a lot of women and the stories that I hear from the road and from dispensaries sometimes are absolutely unacceptable. And as a business person, the only thing I can do about that is say, well, I'm not going to do business with those people, right? Like I'm going to put my, my ethics first, but as a citizen of the world and of the cannabis landscape, it's really important to me that I'm part of making or shaping the culture moving forward. And as we all know, like in post Me Too America, we got to talk about it. Like we can't, we can't pretend that it doesn't exist. It's not convenient to anybody, but we have to be real about it. And the rose is really the other side of that, which is I'm really of the Liz Plank breed of feminist in the sense that I I really think that like we need to hold hands with the woke men mm-hmm. and like and really really encourage and engender that like power within them to help us um, not to say that we can't do it on our own but to say that everything's better when we do it together and there are some really awesome men like it truly and and you know this isn't like a oh my god I'm so surprised but it's to say you know I've been really really tremendously supported by a lot of men in my space when I've been confronted with issues or, oh my God, what what should I do? This horrible thing happened or this dispensary or whatever it is. And it's really, really impressive to see the quality of people in general in my space, but also to that idea of standing witness to somebody else doing something good is such a, it's such a beautiful yeah. thing. I love that you're saying that because I feel like that that's part of just the general male-female balancing gender, all of the new politics and conversations and awarenesses of exactly what we were talking about. I, I feel that one thing that gets left behind is the recognition for the men who are 
stepping up and being part of the change and identifying yeah. that. I just, I feel like that gets kind of swept under a little bit and it bummed me out, especially in the beginning of the Me Too movement when it was just like all rage against all men and it just is <laughs> like sucked. It really did. It's hard. And I mean, and it's not to say that we need to like pat men on the back no. for being decent humans, but it's just- Well, the bar is pretty low. <laughs> I will say that. But, like, but let's be real, right? Like, you know, I've grown up as a woman of color in this country and been equally disappointed by men and women who exactly. have turned a blind eye to whatever, right? Passive racism, passive sexism, you know, blatant sexism or racism or whatever. Right. And I think that when people show up and they take a stand and they have an opinion and it's important to recognize that and and really like f whoever it is and if we're going to get to this utopian future that I really hold space for and I really think we're headed there through all this murky moment that we're in <laughs> we got to start being nicer to each other yeah. you know and we have to start you know finding and creating dialogue and space for change and growth and we're not all perfect and we all know and we've all heard it a million times you know we're living in a moment of time in in cancel culture and some people should be canceled don't get me wrong but like there's also, we got to encourage growth. Like, yes. you know, I've screwed up. And the, yeah, I was just gonna say the only yeah. way to grow is to kind of screw up and then move forward there, consume that lesson, digest it. And then that's how we evolve and grow. It's just how it works. Absolutely. And I, Truth. though with the cancel culture, it doesn't allow any space for that. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a, a, a huge misstep. It is. It's, it's tough, right? Like, especially, I mean, I think all of us have a lot of good men in our lives and we're really fortunate to have that. And I know that not everybody is so lucky, but it's hard to know where you're going if you don't know what that, what it's going to look like. Meaning like we have to, we have to create a world that we all actually want to live in. Yeah. And I don't want to live in a world without men. Me like, either. Like that's not a thing. Like, yeah. you know. Uh, so many things to say about that. <laughs> I'm curious. Whole different episode. For, for those of us who are consumers of cannabis. Mm -hmm. And obviously it's such a layered system and world and how can we be conscious as we walk into the dispensary and do so like that we're that it'll make sure it aligns with what our views of how we you know mm -hmm. want to be consuming product in the world but also like what should we be rooting for in terms of legislation moving forward as well that is a tough one. Okay. I mean, meaning I think uh, we have to watch the the dial day by day, right? Mm -hmm. Like we we don't know where the next presidential election is going. And like that will shape a lot of our perspective in terms of the latter part of what you said. But in the former part of what you said on, on the day to day, you know, consumership, I really don't think that we should treat cannabis any differently than we do any other CPG product in the sense that the same value system that you have in consumption for everything, right? And we are so smart. You know, I always say this to my to my team, to my investors, to whoever. I'm like, it's really fascinating to me how much we undervalue the consumer, right? We're, we're smart. We're super educated. We have more information than we've ever had before. Mm -hmm. So the same thing applies. And I think that it can become very confusing for a consumer who on one hand wants to be socially thoughtful and on the other hand is concerned about their health. And I think the simple answer is right now, 
the best way that you can mitigate safety issues is to know that you're buying lab-tested products, that there are checks and measures involved, just like anything. Is there like an insignia on the packaging that If you're in a legal dispensary, if you're in a licensed dispensary, everything is going to come with what's called a COA, meaning it's a lab test result. Okay. And by the way, that's something you can ask to see as a consumer. And it's on every, by regulatory, like, you know, compliance, every single package of everything you buy in a dispensary is going to have a little sticker on the back or the front or wherever that shows you the lab results. Oh, that's cool. And that's- Again, like this is like not a thing that we we think about in this space, but if you just think about it like any other consumable thing, you know, we care so much about everything else we put into our bodies, you know, like what do we want those lab results to say? Like is there anything we should be looking for? I think at a very Hang basic loose. level, but it's <laughs> there. Keep it chill, bro. Yeah. <laughs> and it's there. I mean, th- the truth is that it's there. Okay. That the the standard is incredibly high, right? So there's you're not going to find anything in a dispensary that has pesticide in it. You're not okay. going to have find anything in a in a and when I say in a dispensary, in a licensed dispensary, mm-hmm. right? The very fact that it's there, I think understanding the difference is really critical. You know, if you are still shopping with the guy on the corner, ask like you do, right? Like I go to the farmer's market on Sunday and one of the farmers that I shop from is like, I can't call it organic, but I can tell you we don't use pesticides right. and you can come visit my farm, right? you know, and I trust him, right? Similarly, I mean, I think these are true things. I'm no longer going to the guy in the yeah. corner, just to clarify. <laughs> she moved. It, it, it was more of a metaphorical right, no. guy on the corner. Um, <laughs> ask, you know, like, where does this come from? And, you know, do you know anything about the farming practices? I mean, at the end of the day, it's like, it, it's, again, it's a raw material that's coming from nature, you know? Yeah. And, I, and it's it's fair game to ask these questions. And an important note from our physiotherapist, for those of you who aren't in places where it's as heavily regulated. If the flower is ever shiny, do not smoke it because that means it has been treated with a pesticide. And again, this is not a thing that you're going to encounter right. in a sure. In a but I'm talking, yes. But like, of course, the guy on the corner. Yeah. The, from, uh, yeah. yeah. So if Cliff says cannabis is cool. Just make sure it's not shiny. <laughs> it's just so exciting to watch Loon grow and having you be the face of the brand is really special because I think you speak to it in a really, from a really unique standpoint. Yeah. We love you. Thanks for this gift of joints and vapes. We shall be documenting our consumption for the audience. Tell that so retrograde listeners where they can find that's so retrograders. Yeah. What? that can't be the first time that's That's the said. first time. No, it's not. No. Yes, it is. No, we've no never way. said. I mean, I listened to the podcast. <laughs> that's the <and I> retrograders. <laughs> you've never said that. Mm-hmm. Guys, him, yeah. Have we ever said that? I feel like I'm I'm dying on this hill. I feel, I feel pretty certain that Elizabeth has said it before. I has she? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. It's like her CTA. Like, right sort of, in. Yeah. Right in, friends. <laughs> Sound off. Yeah. <laughs> Comment Sound below. off, fam. Yeah. Um, okay. So, Loon can be found where? What states? Loon is currently California-only brand. We will be expanding out of California this year. You can find us statewide on Ease. And we are in, I think, to date, about 85 dispensaries oh, in California. Snaps. Nitty, we love you. Thank you so much. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you so much. I love you both. Puff, puff, pass, bitches. <laughs> hey, let's take a quick break from today's celebration to celebrate one of our partners. We're talking about Parsley Health. And boy, oh boy. Wow. They not come at a better time as we are sequestered in our homes. 
thought you were going to do the joke, boy, oh boy, are my arms tired. But then I was like, but what's tired? <laughs> boy, oh boy, are my arms tired from um, having a digital session with a health professional. That's right. Never has there ever, what's with all these sayings, has there ever been a better time to uh, get involved with the way that Parsley has set up their treatment protocol? Yeah, I mean, so they specialize. Wow long-term preventative care focusing on finding the root cause of health issues rather than simply managing symptoms and the goal of meaningful change over time. And to make modern holistic healthcare accessible to everyone, everywhere. Now we need our bodies stronger than ever. And this is the way to get it. If you live in a place where you've been wondering, how do I access a functional medicine doctor? Parsley is offering the service virtually. It's very, very, very cool. They are doing advanced diagnostic testing, looks at everything from your hormones to gut microbiome, hour-long appointments with your doctor. And I was very upset to learn that on average, people get 19 minutes a year with their doctor. That's no time at all. None. And with Parsley, if you become a member, you get 200 minutes a year, which really covers everything that you'll need and more. Yeah, so their online care program called Complete Care Anywhere allows you to access your doctor and personal health coach from the safety of your home. Yeah. You know, when we can go outside again, (laughs) if you live in New York or San Francisco and LA, you can go to one of their centers, but um, the foresight to see a doctor from home. I've had one session since in the past month Mm -hmm. uh, with Dr. Tolentino, whom I love. She's delicious. And, you know, it was incredibly helpful and it helped me to really understand, you know, we went through different tests, as I've talked about before, from stool tests to blood work and really helped put me on a supplement uh, regimen that's been really helpful, especially during this time for keeping my immunity. And that's specific to me. Yeah. Are you feeling better? I feel great right now. That's awesome. So guys, the Complete Care membership includes 12 months of care with unlimited online messaging, wellness guidance, and prescriptions. You get online care, which means that you consult with your doctor or your health coach from wherever you are, your house. (laughs) (laughs) And you'll get five visits with your doctor per year, plus five visits with your personal health coach trained in nutrition and behavioral changes. That's so fucking cool. Amazing. It's so amazing. And plus 24-7 online access to health data, symptom tracking, scheduling tools via the My Parsley app, which they put all the notes and everything that is tracked from your consultations and online visits. It all lives in one place. So supplement protocol, everything. It's all on like a really sophisticated, easy to use online platform, which is very helpful. And you book appointments through it and everything. It's just like the future is right yeah. there. Yeah. And to that, like the way that they, the, the accessibility is, is also how the kind of health plan is where you get a doctor who looks at you as a whole being, your nutritional habits, you know, your fitness habits, how you sleep, what you're taking, everything. And then you get every little corner of your life handled you're rising to the occasion holistically. Yeah. And we love Parsley so much that we are so excited that we got to partner with them in offering our listeners $150 off a year-long membership. So if you go to parsleyhealth.com and enter the code retrograde, that's P-A-R-S-L-E-Y health.com and use code retrograde, that's $150 off a year-long membership. Wow. 
that's a retrograde approved. Yeah, do it now. You're home. The goal is to be healthy. We're Back so excited. Okay, bye. So we're celebrating our favorite cannabis things because yeah. there, nowadays there's so many things to choose from, from CBD to THC to the CBNs. I mean, it's a whole world out there, guys. And we just want to highlight some of our tried and true faves that are getting us through at this moment that deserve some celebration. Okay. Best gift, Elizabeth. I, you know, from day one, it's always been the uh, Lord Jones CBD gummies. Okay. I think that, you know, from, you know, a nice like dinner party gift to like sending it to your parents to like have fun and do their thing where it's not as available as it is in California. Like it's just a great Fun. And they're so good. They're coming so different dosages. I recently got involved with the 25 milligram CBD ones and it's literally the equivalent of like having a glass of wine. Yes. And then for the smoker, I think, you know, it's always so fun to do like a cool piece. So I'm going to bonus and side note, there's this website, Petra, mm-hmm. that has really beautiful pieces. So, um, and like cool, like lighting mechanisms and ashtrays and all of that. So. Yeah, like a fun like apparatus. Ooh, apparatus. For the the more advanced cannabis user. Sure, sure. Are you going to ask me now? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Uh, My best gift is also a Lord Jones uh, situation, but it is actually uh, the bath salts. Yes. Even though I spoke earlier about how I don't have a tub anymore, um, I will have one again one day. And those fucking bath salts are the goddamn truth. Kind of without a bath, use them and kind of let it dissolve a little in your hand and make it a little scrub. I was thinking of doing that. I was thinking of doing that. I actually, I just got a, a, an Osei body scrub. So I'm going to hold on purchasing any more scrubbing. I was sampling their, their mud. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they're, the Lord Jones salts are incredible. They're next level. They smell so good. They relax your body. It's just, it's a real treat. I've given, given them as a gift many a time. So good. Um, okay. So best use for day. I'm going to go with root of it all. Mm-hmm. Go. Sure. Same. I'm going to say the same. It's I'm going to help you one root of it all. Go. It's the go-to. Yeah. No, there it's so no good. Intended, but I love that. Intended. Okay. Best for night. Oh, um, I like the, wow, I think a nighttime, I said this last time, a bong. Okay. <laughs> Elizabeth's on bongs now and it's so funny. You would have asked me five weeks ago, I would have said like, a, like probably like the Juna tincture, the nighttime one is great. I also or, love Root of It All Stop. Yeah. Or That's stop. really, really good. It's amazing. Um, but now I'm all on my Elevate Jane beautiful bong. Okay. She's great. I do love a smoking. I love an indica smoke in the unwind hours. I think that's really nice. Yeah. It's a great yeah, time yeah. to indica smoke, take a sit down shower, <laughs> oh, light nice. some candles, and then mosey onto your bed. I also really like this new brand we got to try out called Focal. Mm-hmm. And they have rest formula. This is a CBD specific option that Mm -hmm. also 
has um, some great stuff like valerian root and ashwagandha in it. It's a nice little compound for rest and relaxation. Ooh. I love that. Yeah. Okay. What about um, for you, best for beauty? You know, I don't really use too many CBD products for beauty, but I consider uh, muscular health a part of my beauty routine. The way that I feel influences the way that I look. So again, I got to go to my guys at Lord Jones and shout out their lotion. They're really taking it. It's full sweep. I mean, they're, they're just the fucking shit, honestly. And they have this high concentrate lotion that I rub all along my jawline and like the top back of my neck. And that's what I use to give myself a jaw massage at night. And uh, it's not technically for beauty, but uh, as Cliff Matsuno will tell you, the tightness of the jaw adds to a less than aesthetically pleasing facial structure. Yeah. My Botox bill can really uh, do that because (laughs) I got rid of it with Botox. Yeah. So uh, I just love that lotion. It's also gentle enough for me to use on my face without breaking out, which isn't generally true for all lotions. Cool. So yeah. I have um, a tie and it's from the same brand. A tie? So, a tie, like a tie for my favorite, you know, like two things. Oh, oh, oh a tie. Yeah, a tie. A tie. I got a it. Tie. We have a tie, folks. Okay. Really importantly, I have preached the gospel of, um, there's this brand called Prima and they have a product called Night Magic, which is a botanical skin treatment. Okay. And it has no fragrance and a bunch of uh, very healing oils in their compound, mm-hmm. CBD being a primary ingredient. Okay. And I put it on my eyes uh, where I've known to have pretty bad dermatitis on them. And it really has helped keep the irritation at bay. And wow. I'm also able to, I really have trouble with face oils. I wish I didn't, but this is really the only one that I can put all over my face. And I use it when I guasa. And what, um, a little trick that I use is I'll do like a spray of thermal water first. So the skin's a little uh, damp and then use like less is more on the oil. Mm -hmm. And it's just so healing. And I was so excited to discover a, an oil that I could use because I felt really left out that I couldn't use any fun oils on my face. Second of all, something obviously that helped with the irritation on my face that has been the bane of my existence. Is it question about the dermatitis during yeah. the pandemic? Because I feel like my eye has been completely chill during this whole time. Uh-huh. So I'm wondering if you are kind of putting any pieces together like that it could be stress-related. Oh, mine came back a little bit. Okay. And so what I do with that full disclosure is I got a really low grade topical steroid that helped clear it the first time that I've had to use like two other times since mm-hmm. is I dilute it with this oil. So it's not as intense. Okay. And I don't know if that is like a recommended practice, but that's just what worked for, has worked for me. And um, yeah, I'm just a big, big, big fan. And they carry it at Sephora and a lot of the other um, like CBD related websites that I think we'll mention in a sec. Also, 
I really, really, really another product that I know you and I are both obsessed with is Prima makes these bath bombs. Oh my like God. Little the gems. Bath gems. Yeah. I My body feels so moisturized when I get out of the bath. It's like magic. Yeah. And they're sold out at Sephora right now. If so I feel like that says everything it needs to say, the fact that they sold out there. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so I'm just, I love that we discovered this brand. It's wonderful. Yeah. Okay. So next one is your favorite edible. What a great question. Well, I have to say that I'm just the biggest fan of Kiva edibles because they're consistent. Yeah. And that's really important to me. A little dark chocolate espresso bean, perhaps. I'm a big sea salted caramel bean girl. And I love, they have all these varieties of gummies that have like kind of different descriptions and rides that they take you on. Yeah. And Is it like the Camino? Yeah, the Camino. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They're so good. And they they're always great. are accurate with the way that they, what they say they're going to do, they actually do. And I think that's really important when ingesting something because... I tried to switch to this other edible brand for a second because it was it was gifted to us. I'll tell you. And oh, to be time, a cannabis influencer. Every time, yeah. I mean, it is good, but also it's like it's a risk. Like I always joke with with one of our friends. Like if you give it to me, I'll try it and I'll tell you what it really does. But in, in this case, it, I took it twice to try something different, and at both times, it was like this is not the journey that I want to go on. It was like giving me anxiety. And with Kiva, like it never does that. So as someone who's a big stoner, I think that when something gives me anxiety, um, it's a nay-nay. It's a, it's a nay-nay. It means something. Yeah. Most things don't. I totally agree with you, the Kiva. Um, their chocolate bars are also amazing. Oh, I yeah. really have been loving. It's a good gift too. Great gift. Yeah. I also have really been loving... Um, Plus, this brand. Oh, those. You gave me one of those. I was going to ask you where you got that. So I get these on Ease, which is the cannabis delivery uh, service. And full disclosure, I got them because it was really the only thing that they had on the site that matched what I was looking for. They're so good. I got so lovingly high after you gave me that. Yeah, it's wonderful. So this has been getting me through this time at home. Yeah, for sure. They have a 3.5 balance one that's really nice. And then this one is a sour watermelon uplift and it's a five milligram um, with a little bit of CBD in it too. I forgot that you gave me that. And then I was home and I was like, why do I feel so good? And then I was like, oh yeah, I ate an edible. Yeah, no, they're wonderful. So those are, these are my like MVP of the pandemic. Love, love that. Yeah. Favorite smoke. So there's so much out there, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we like a lot of it. Yeah. I think, you know, what we learned is that, you know, our own cannabis, what's it called? The, the receptor system that lives within us that um, Rob talked about from Lord Jones when he was on. So basically. Cannabinoid system. I think so. No. Yeah. What is it? Human cannabinoid <laughs> We <laughs> know, step, basically, we know what we're talking about. Human cannabinoid system. No, this isn't right, but it's exactly that. We all have our own like internal way of receiving these things. Yes. So if you, if it smells good to you, the uh, theory is that you will react to it well. Yes. So that is like an important blanket statement, especially for anyone just like 
tapping their toe into the experience. Like mm-hmm. smell it and see how if it smells delicious to you or not. It's basically like finding a lover. Exactly. So, <laughs> so, yeah. so real. If they um, smell delicious to you, it's a go. If they don't, you're going to um, have one-legged children. <laughs> so what's your fave thing to smoke right now, Steph? Um, my favorite thing to smoke is, <laughs> well, I'll, I'll give you two, I'll give you my first real, real answer. And then the two brands that I also like, but our friend Gabe Sunday's mom <laughs> grew a bunch of weed and he gifted it to us for like the Christmas, I think. So good. I'm still fucking smoking that weed. I put it in an Elevate Jane pipe every single night. I got the fluorite one. This is kind of answering two questions in one, but whatever. And I, I use a hemp wick to smoke the bowl so that I don't inhale the butane from the lighter. And I just love the ritual so much. It's like an oh, it's like a blue dream OG type strain. Um, but since you guys don't know Gabe's mom, I'm also going <laughs> to shout out. Um, Weedy Parker makes these joints that are really, really enjoyable and really a balanced high. And then the flower that I'm also really into is from this company called A Golden State. Um, their hybrid for me was so level and I really enjoyed that. I, I took that down pretty quickly. Oh, yeah. Well, I definitely want to shout out the Loon offerings, obviously. Because oh, my God. How could I forget? Yeah. are so good. Yeah. Is there a brand called Island Pre-Rolls? Am I? Yeah, that's right. That's okay. Right. So I love anything that's already rolled, basically. <laughs> Especially... And then if because it's a, I'm not near you to roll you stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it's like my favorite because my joint smoking experience tends to be like I'll take two puffs and put it down. So like a whole joint like just doesn't really suit me. Mm-hmm. So I like make these a really cute mini pre-roll five packs that I adore. Love. And then I also agree with you, the Golden State, they're... I've tried three different strains from them, two sativas and one hybrid, and I love them all. Yeah, it's really, it's really solid stuff. So I highly recommend that. Wow. Um, fave pieces. Okay, so as I said, Elevate Jane makes these crystal pipes and I just, I love it. Mine's Florate. You can go on their website. They have all these different crystals and it's just perfect. That's I really wasn't using a piece for a while. I have a bunch of different bowls I actually found when I was moving. Um, that I wasn't using because I felt like bowls were very like collegey. Um, mm-hmm. But for some reason, the chicness of the fluorite pipe just shifted my vibe back to it. And now actually pipes are my favorite way to smoke now. It really will. Yeah, I, I'm loving that, especially for like the solo experience. Yeah. I am the only one in the household who partakes. Mm-hmm. I love my Elevate Jane Bowls. I love the stuff that Tetra has on their site. I love just like all the idea of um, kind of like the elevated experience and that, uh, you know, these like beautifully, like artfully crafted uh, mechanisms. Mm-hmm. Like it's just so fun to see that like out in the world. It's like an, For, it's like a sh- the shway of the weed. Totally. Yeah. It's like, you, it has like gone are the days with those like icky, like bong store bowls. Like, no, that's not. I, know, I found two of those and two little like one hitter glass pieces. And I was like, they were literally all from college. And I was like, I have traveled far and wide with these. Bowls. You're like, uh, yeah. Uh, I want to shout out 
this really cool company called Sackville & Co. They actually uh, participated with us in one of our live events and everybody that attended got um, some cool papers and stuff. And I just love everything they're doing. Again, fully elevating the experience, yeah. which is so cool. So yeah, I love a beautiful piece from Elevate Jane. The little crystal piece I have is so cute. Do you know I what love- stone it is? I don't. Wait, go get it. Where is it? <laughs> Let me see it. Oh yeah, we're at home. We can do that. Yeah, I'm just we're just sitting here. Oh, it's like an aura quartz. That's pretty. That's a yeah. clear aura quartz. I think it has like the rainbow. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, I love it. And what else? Oh yeah, best resource. So like, where do you like to like find info or shop some cool like CBD items? I would say that uh, Miss Grass just kills the game. Totally. As far as not only CBD product recs are concerned, um, but they also have really cool articles and they're really passionate about talking about the evolving world of all of this stuff and yeah. kind of where it, uh, what corners of our world it really influences and how we can maximize our lives by using it and I love their Instagram. And so I'm just such a big fan of theirs. Yeah, they're out they here. Awesome sweatshirts. They really do. And just like really destigmatizing the whole world of cannabis, which we love. Um, to that, there's another website that I love similar, but it focuses just on hemp and CBD. It's called Seven Space, S B N S P A C E. And it is a resource for, um, women in the hemp space. So it covers all things hemp related from like clothing to products. So I love them so much. And the people that run it are just delightful. So you guys that out. We love. We love. Love cannabis. Happy 420. We love. Yes. It's my favorite thing in the world. I want to light up right now, but I left my piece upstairs. Fuck. Fuck. To pop one of these plus five milligrams in honor. You should do it. Let me watch you eat it. Should I go get my pipe and smoke it on this <laughs> recording? <laughs> we want to thank Nitty for joining us, guys. Check out everything she's doing with Loon. Obviously, yeah. you know, things are a bit different in terms of plans for expansion. But if you're in LA, cannabis is an essential business. You can get that delivery. Don't fucking sleep on self-care and supporting the brands that you've grown to know and love because they support you, you support them, and uh, the world keeps on smoking. Sure does. Thank you so much for joining us. We love you. Love ya. Say hi. Vibing. (laughs) (laughs) Namaste listening, y'all. Bye. Yes, that's a retrograde.